Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Verkhart. It is the last, almost got a tear, tear in my eye. It is the last oh. double digit episode of the Solar Coaster. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I need some tissues here. Uh, episode 99. Yep. Uh, yeah, pretty excited uh, to be here with uh, Brees uh, Zoku from Ampere and my good friend uh, Dan Chadburn, uh, Maui resident, pilot, uh, and uh, generally cool guy. Welcome to the studio, folks. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to be here. Yeah, welcome to the Solar Coaster. Uh, we got a cool show ahead. We're going to hear all about Ampere. We're going to talk about um, this amazing uh, company that is working on the electrification of flight, as I understand. That, is, that right? is that correct? Yep, yep. Electrification of aviation. This is a big deal. It's exciting stuff. And you, we were just, we met at the, uh, of course, we've covered this a little bit over the upcoming uh, last few months as news kind of percolated about your organization. And then we met uh, at the uh, Hawaii Energy Conference, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a really great experience and uh, great to meet a lot of the energy scene here, uh, not only on Maui, but uh, the full state of Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, I thought it was one of the best energy conferences yet. Unfortunately, poor Jay uh, wasn't able to attend, but I had a great time, Jay. Don't worry about that, okay? <laughs> yeah, as, as you said, we both get our um, trips every once in a while. I'm going to Europe, so forget you. <laughs> okay, okay, well, good for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's an, and just a little special um, uh, bit of awesomeness here. Ampere is uh, a uh, elemental accelerator uh, company, uh, incubated company. Can I say that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, also, not not only that is it a Hawaii, uh, uh, you know, kind of supported organization, but also you're conducting some of your first test flights in Maui from OGG to Hana. In when is that happening? Yeah, that'll be happening later this year, around the September October timeframe. So it's right in our backyard, folks. This is great stuff. This really shows kind of how the uh, you know Elemental Accelerator and our environment here in, in Hawaii and Maui specifically just doing really great things, kind of innovative things. So thanks for choosing Maui. Yeah, no, it's a great, great opportunity for us. All right, so sh what we're going to do is let's jump into our housekeeping, Jay. Uh, we'll get over to that right away, and then we'll get, get the show up and running. What do you say? Yep, do it. Lots of news. <laughs> okay, folks, this is the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 1.05 p.m. on Ko'oi 1110 a.m. Also, some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry www.solar-coaster.com that's solar-coaster.com you can listen live uh, check out all the graphics and pictures of where we've been uh, but most importantly scroll down to any of the pages you can sign up for our mailing list and or send us questions so if you have questions about today's topic or any topic solar renewable energies in general send it in we'll definitely get your questions on the air we're also available on podcast networks iTunes Stitcher and TuneIn all carry the solar coaster you can stay stuff I'm not going to do it but you can ask uh siri or alexa to play you uh the solar coaster podcast and it will do so i do it like three or four times a day i just find it fun so <laughs> yeah, all right we got like some great <laughs> we got some great sponsors out there sundrum solar pantech design and lg chem and you know it's been it's, been, it's because of the sponsors that we're able to run this program uh lco j Vericurt and josh porter uh but uh it's been a you know 99 episodes so thank you so much to the sponsors and we'll uh this is a call-in show uh folks 808-242-7800 is the call-in line if you'd like to give us a call stump us or uh get some specific questions for our guests go for it uh let's go over to the pantech design minute Welcome to this week's Pantech Design Minute. Today's focus is the remarkable Lutron Shading System. Pantech Designs Adapt seamlessly integrates the Lutron Shading System to your energy smart home. There are four things to consider when looking at this shading technology. Number one, elegance and ambiance. Lutron controls are designed to look and work beautifully. Stylish control and fabric options coupled with innovative technology elegantly transition a space to create the right amount of light for any activity. Number two, convenience. Managing daylight is not restricted to a single wall station in your home. Shading systems can be controlled using a myriad of controls or set to an astronomic time clock for automatic adjustment of shades. Three, saving energy. Utilize your shading system to save additional energy beyond routine use of shades. Morning warm opens the shades, taking advantage of sunlight and helping to take the chill off your upcountry mornings. Afternoon cool does the opposite by lowering shades and blocking solar heat gain, thereby reducing your cooling costs. Number four, safety and security. 
utilize a whole home shading system for simultaneous control of all shades. By setting a predetermined scene for Away, simply select this button when leaving to close all shades and restrict the view inside your home. This has been the Pantech Design Minute. Visit PantechDesign.com to learn more. Pantech Design is doing some cool stuff, Jay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, cause we're actually going back through these, as, as regular listeners will know. But it's always really cool because you go, oh, yeah, it can do that. <laughs> hey, I'm starting to see uh, more smart house uh, equipment out there in market, and I can see how there's, this is going to – yeah, it's, really, it's pretty wild. Yeah, there, 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 there's it. a lot of smart house stuff. Though. The interesting thing is that more and more of this stuff is really compatible. I mean, and Pantech, has a, Pantech Design has a really high uh, – threshold for quality and these these machines need to be uh super responsive you know you've ever had one of those those kind of cheapy off the shelf like smart lights it's supposed to turn on but it doesn't always do it or you have to press it two or three times <laughs> they won't they, they will not allow that in the ecosystem it will work it will work the first time and every time which is which is kind of nice excellent excellent okay so let's uh, what do you say ready to head over news and events I'm I'm already there because uh, Tesla just installs the uh, seven megawatt hour battery for emergency power at a Japanese railway. And I'm looking at the news story. And I'm going, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I know I know these trains. This is literally <laughs> like 15 minutes from from my house in Japan. Uh, <laughs> for anybody that anybody that doesn't know, I go back and forth pretty 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 frequently. Uh, so the Kintetsu Railway in Osaka just um, in just turned on. Actually, they're about to turn on. It's April 1st. Um, so another couple of days, uh, but they were, they were installed 42 of the uh, power pack, industrial strength power pack batteries. So these mm. are the grid scale batteries. And it's meant to keep this line running for 30 minutes, even if the, um, the, the grid completely disappears. Uh, they also said that they would be using them da daily to kind of balance out in super peak periods. Although, I mean, the trains pretty much run all day it's not there's no peak period <laughs> as far as yeah. when i saw uh, this when i saw this jay and i thought i thought to myself oh you know if you've been to japan spend time in japan i know dan you've been there uh, i spent a lot of time in asia uh the 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 promptness and the timeliness of those trains are out of this world right it's like hard to uh even kind yeah, of understand yeah. that right from our perspective no, no, that's, that's what that's what i tell everybody right? if you're going and you're supposed to be on a train at a certain time the train that's leaving at that time that's your train <laughs> they'll even pay get up and get, get if you miss you know get to work right. late right they'll pay mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. yeah and i remember apologies yeah. coming in for like 45 seconds late like hearing apologies yeah. on the intercom yeah so yeah. when when they when they said they're gonna they're gonna show, throw was it 42 uh tesla power packs those are probably the 210 yep. kilowatt hour units you know those new, the newer gens um it didn't surprise yep. me that they were concerned about uh you know a grid grid uh, outage and then being out being not being on time <laughs> i was like i could totally see yep. them doing that that makes perfect sense yep. it's amazing to Maybe. think that is this is this out of umeda jay right in the central station is that where the uh, kintetsu line comes out of no no there's a kintetsu actually um this is heading to actually east so kintetsu heading toward uh higashosaka which is which is in the east east city toward gotcha. the mountains gotcha very cool stuff well uh I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go find it i'll get some pictures actually yes, there is will. if you're interested the, the the other funny thing is is they literally rolled this out i mean they poured the concrete and everything long long in advance but they literally came in and dropped and installed these 42 uh power packs within 48 hours I mean, it just it just they just dropped them in in two days and then they were done. And like I said, they had poured the they had poured the concrete slabs and everything to hold them long before. But they have the uh, the time lapse of the two days on Instagram and it starts with an empty slab and ends with a whole bunch of power packs all ready to go. <laughs> That's amazing. So cool. So cool. OK, what's the next one, Jay? So um, tied into that kind of the reason why they would want to do this, uh, Bloomberg just reported um, a, a new released a new report, I say, um, on Tuesday about levelized cost of energy for lithium ion batteries. And it is plummeting is the word. I mean, 35 percent year over year reduction in cost per megawatt hour for lithium ion storage. And this is really what's behind that um, solar plus storage model that you start to see you're really starting to see rolled out all over the place I and mean, it was it was cost prohibitive a couple of years very much cost prohibitive a couple of years ago uh last year we started to see like two hours three hour three hours uh worth of worth of production storage on site and now we're starting to see four um i've even heard talk of six to eight times storage and that's where you almost see solar plus storage start to become really competitive with your firm power because you've got eight hours of stored solar like full full output um on site 
and it's starting and to price. And it's, it's really impressive. It's starting to price out price, well, right? Against uh, against yeah, this, yeah. conventional like peaker plant fuel sources, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. Yeah, it's 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 like a what is it? Um, eighteen. 18.7, 18.7 cents per kilowatt, per hour. kilowatt hour, uh, which which hour. which is which is still quite a bit more than like solar or something. It's like under ten cents, um, two cents if you're. But you're, we you're get to about another. Firm, you're about firm power, right? You're not <laughs> but but this about is firm power. The, it's batteries yeah. that batteries that are there. Um, you can charge and discharge at will, and it's just it's only getting cheaper. So as as things go on, you're really going to start seeing these 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 uh, solar plus storage, wind plus storage, any 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 generation plus storage kind of um, facility really start popping up more and more and more. And if you look at the graph, they do have a, gla a graph here that is just, <laughs> it's hilarious. Implied history because they actually weren't um, tracking this stuff yeah. previously. Uh, they were just looking at battery pack prices, like how much it it probably cost for the actual batteries. But the, the, the curve is just unbelievably steep as it comes down to, to current levels. And it can only go lower, which is awesome. Well, I think there's a little bit of a theme in that, in, in, in solar plus storage kind of knocking out uh, peaker plants and the, the, the taking them offline and making them kind of not competitive moving forward, right? We're seeing yep. more in that. Some of the next articles cover that, don't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Uh, new wind and solar costs less than keeping old coal running now. This, this is something uh, you've been talking, <laughs> for, talking about for the entire time I, I, we've been on air. The entire time we've been on air, yeah, the past two years, there's basically two thresholds, right? Uh, the first one is when you're you're talking about building a new plant. You have an empty land area. Uh, you want to build either a a generating facility of some type. It's either traditional fossil fuels or new solar, and it will actually cost less for you to build the new solar and storage than it will to, to build an old coal plant. The second threshold is that when you already have a coal plant and it would still be cheaper to build it, to decommission it and build a new solar plant. And we're just getting to that point where it's really going to be, especially in the, in the, the, the Southern, um, 48, you know, where, where there's, there's plenty of sun mm -hmm. and or wind. Um, it, it's just getting cheaper to, to build these, these large scale solar facilities. Like I said, I've, I've seen things cross my desks at six to eight times storage on site. I mean, that's, that's, that's unbelievably, um, dense, uh, storage. And um, and it's just not going to be cost effective to keep these old these old fossil fuel if, plants if, running. It feels like it's accelerating, right? The the adoption of yeah. solar plus yeah. storage versus we're falling off a cliff yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, it does feel that way. Um, yeah, amazing. It's exciting to think that this is happening right now. It's kind of way faster than I would have thought. Um, okay, Jay, would you, which, which when I, one? When I got, when I got that, yeah, when I got that Bloomberg report, it's like, oh, it's on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and solar, what it's, what, like solar itself, without storage, there are some record low prices coming in. There's one in Idaho uh, that just a small one uh, that, that was, I think it's like a 10 megawatts or something like that. And it's about 2.175 cents per kilowatt hour. Can you imagine? Yeah, just, really close yeah. to two cents. Ours, our, our recent ones were, were 10 cents, I think, or sub 10 cents, which which makes sense because it had storage on board. Uh, they're larger, larger um, installations, and it costs a lot to get stuff here. So all and, and, and then operate. So operating and maintenance, um, and then and then the actual importation costs all factor into that in the at the end of the day, but it's still cheaper than what uh, the utility has been paying even for the, the, the fossil fuels that we import. It feels like solar itself utility scale solar is is, is heading towards a penny. Yeah. Would you say? What, yeah. what, what, what do you think, Jay? I don't. I don't, I don't I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to get there. The issue it's is gonna, that, like, that, that more and more difficult. That O and M cost. That O and M cost. It, it's going to get harder and harder to squeak that out. We're actually seeing a lot of problems with with other stuff that actually costs more. Uh, the trackers are racking. Um, it, just the metal for that is actually costing more than it previously did. Well, so that's kind of counterbalancing of that too, right? tariffs. Tariffs that have been then. So are you calling imposed. it? Are you calling gonna, it two cents, Jay? Are you calling it right now on air at two cents? Is Just it going any further? Oh, I'll, I'll go for I'll go for one point eight as the the total bottom of the barrel. One point eight. Okay, one point seven nine for me. I'm going to do a prices right oh, strategy on this. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, you want to weigh in, or is this not your bag? No, I want to know about graphite batteries. From what I see, this Ooh, is where we're going to head. I have I have one up, but that's future focus. If we get there, we'll talk about. Oh that. boy, okay. <laughs> Dan's always ahead of his time. Okay, Excellent. which uh, which one next do you want to handle, Jack? Uh, real quick, I just wanted to mention um, Lego is now in the uh, renewable energy game. 
Lego, yes. Lego, Lego is in like the little plastic toys we pay entirely too much for. Uh, Lego has long been the gateway drug to engineering. For anybody that knows, uh, it's absolutely <laughs> a, 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 a fantastic toy. I, I, the Mindstorm, you mean? I'm an adult Lego fan. I ran a, I ran a robotics program based off the Lego Mindstorms program for quite a while. Um, it's 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 really good stuff for just spatial acuity and, and like I said the gateway drug to engineering I think is what I've been calling it for many many years oh, um, but the um, was it Kirby Kirkby Kirkby uh, NS is a holdings company that owns all the um, Christensen family assets which is the, the founder of the uh, the Lego company and years ago they started getting into um, renewable energy stuff because they like all the other folks wanted to all the other large corporations wanted a greener image they want to be able to offset their energy costs and they can make money doing it so they so they divest into these uh renewable energy things um they've actually been kind of green neutral since 2017 which i didn't i didn't realize um but they're now a significant as in majority stakeholder in um anna park which gives um, them a, a significant con significant interest in U.S. solar power generation. Now, this is this is Anna Park is actually not that large. Um, their solar portfolio covers about twenty thousand homes, but uh, they could have. Um, designs on making it much larger i'd like to see kind of a lego model <laughs> where they can where they can just just plunk these things down and interconnect them all you know that would be really nice i don't know if the technology really transitions that way but. right i didn't see anything about that you know the, the is this an ideological kind of approach or is it you know what what's lego's ownership like like did, what is the, what is the motivation behind this it's like? just it's just it well i told you the motivation is actually to um offset the um what what they consume globally uh, okay. when they're making their little plastic, little plastic bricks? Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, great. So it's 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 th that's the motivation. Just like Google, um, the largest um, expenditure for them is is energy for their data centers. You know, it's not it's not employee salary or anything like that. It's literally the power to run their data centers, and so that's the reason why they they go for uh, renewable assets when they when they can. Okay, copy that, copy that. So they're trying to basically, you know, take care of that particular thing. I see. Yeah, absolutely. So bringing it a little close to home, uh, RGS Energy is a company that has been doing residential solar in California for quite a while. They are basically chucking the entire um, residential, residential arm, arm yeah. in, in order to focus on their powerhouse shingles. Now, powerhouse shingles were a competitor to the um, Tesla solar roof which has how never you, how really do you compete with something that doesn't exist <laughs> that doesn't exist i don't know um uh, but the, but the but the, the powerhouse shingles were actually developed by uh dow chemical yeah uh, a number of years ago and, and they resurrected by, this by, idea by, right yes. is it the same one they the one they resurrected yes, right? yes yeah. yep exactly that and and now they're going whole hog into it they're saying they're chucking their regular residential <laughs> install company well i mean and, you, you know we're gonna, we're gonna do powerhouse shingles all the time because because of because of that california mandate that all new homes built 2020 on Right. Need to have a solar install. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, I went. To, I went to the solar, um, the RGS website, and I was actually clicking around. And it's funny because it's in such a disarray right now. All the all the big <laughs> graphics come up with a with a um, page you're looking for might have been removed or changed. Oh, wow, it's they're out there literally tearing they're, they're, they're it down as we tearing, speak. Tearing it apart. Yeah, you can go there. Um, and, and check I mean, it out. this is a big um, deal, it, though, Jay. Really, it's exciting to think that uh, a mandate like that, you know, could give a company. Kind of the moxie to step away from the residential renewable energy business and move into uh, you know housing starts. Oh, the, I mean, more, the, more, the, the more, yeah, the more, the more traditional like what uh, other sponsors do. Um, more traditional, put a solar panels on an existing roof type of type of install. This this really needs to be done when you either build the build the house or re-roof the house because it is completely integrated if you go to the rgsenergy.com website you can see pictures there that, that those do work at least the pictures pop up um it's it's not completely inconspicuous like the tesla solar roof you had a hard time differentiating between which ones were the the, the generating tiles it, and which ones were just regular right. ceramic tiles. This right? one you can see a distinction. Um, this, 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 is, this is very obvious that it's that this is oh those those are the solar ones because they're glossy and shiny. But, but Dow they're, came they're out with that integrated with a regular a asphalt long time ago. Absolutely, yeah. is this more yeah. efficient yeah. now? 
Uh, well, I think that it just wasn't, um, it, it did, I don't know what didn't allow it to work uh, five, ten years ago when it came out, but it just didn't take hold. I guess maybe it was before its time. Uh, you know, and you have, right now, you have uh, Musk just the last few days saying, you know, this next year is going to be the year of the Powerwall and the Power, and the, and the Power, uh, what are they calling it? The mm-hmm. Tesla Power mm-hmm. Roof? Is that what it's called? What's it called? I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway. The, the, so, solar, the solar, solar roof and the power wall. The solar roof and the power wall. So that yeah. this is going to be the year. But, I mean, if, if we have this mandate in place and if these other companies, like there's also GAF, the roofing company, that's coming out with their own version of a uh, solar roof, which is it looks more like a streamlined solar panel kind of inset within the roof. So there's some technology about how it's racked probably. But then you have this, uh, you know, Dow being resurrected. And these guys, uh, RGS, they're probably coming out thinking, you know what, uh, Elon's not ready. Let's, let's beat them to market with a technology that has been around for a while. We maybe we've improved it over the last year and they'll be there ready for this mandate. You know, and that's, that's kind of my read on it, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd like, I'd like to see them succeed at this. Of course. I mean, any, any, any option is, is always better for the consumer where they have multiple choices. Um, I, I'm still concerned with the, the, just the size of the cells and all the interconnects and stuff. I've I've been saying that since the beginning. I mean, we all know how, we all, we all know how stuff corrodes in Hawaii. And if, if you, can't keep them connected well they're not going to be generating any, anything at all i feel like so. i feel like you know musk his his play is kind of bring something to market or, or get an idea out there or make a prototype and then tell everybody's going to do it and then everyone kind of follows and the kind of builds and market in some ways right he's doing yeah, that with electric vehicles That's what he does you know he's doing it with the roof now we got seeing companies come out of the out of the you know left and right to kind of meet this need um yeah but there are definitely some technical issues there i don't know i really don't have a read if it's ready for market you guys have any well, i don't think i don't think i don't think any I'd of us have actually know. installed one right well no, no, but just but you know, Dow used to. That, yeah, but it didn't. It didn't work back then, right? It so what changed? I looked at it even. Right, right. In, in California, yeah. and it looked like a very good system. Yeah, well, I mean, from a so when you think about solar cells and what's possible with them, I mean, you know, typically you want them to stay cool. So the cooling mechanism of having it lifted off the roof, there's an inherent advantage, advantage in that. Then things happen: bypass diodes go out, you know, micro cracks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it, not being able to access those shingles concerns me. Right. Yeah. And then how are they strung together? For example, if you have complex roofs and they can't be in a single string, they have to be bashed because, you know, if they're in series, they're going to kind of, you know, na- so all that stuff is yet to be. There's no spec sheet. You can't go look on Tesla's website and say, show me the spec sheet. I want to see exactly how this thing works. So, um, it, you know, I don't know. But it'll be exciting to see how this takes shape, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's bring it a little back uh, closer to home. Um, Hawaii's new uh New reality of solar plus storage is under ten cents. So we just we just talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit, but um, regulators have approved six of the eight potential projects, all of them um, coming in at ten cents or under uh, per kilowatt hour, which is, which is just groundbreaking pricing. Uh, right. So these six projects are are going forward, and that's that's the deal. That looks to be <laughs> the case. Um, noticeably absent from this list is the 15 meg interjects uh, between Maui Meadows and Kula. Yep. You see that? Yeah. Didn't, 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 yeah, didn't get approved for whatever reason. We don't know why. Well, uh, well there's some, definitely some heated dialogue about that right now, you know, but in the community. Uh, and so yeah. uh, there's a, some, you know, the, what's the language? The NIMBY? It, NIMBY? Cer- certainly one of, one of, it, it is one of a, a talking point, but it was one of the smaller um installations yeah yeah so so maybe decided that it wasn't strictly necessary to pursue that conversation if we can get a larger install somewhere else uh i think it'll find its way back on that list (laughs) but uh sure absolutely Uh, the the conversation isn't dead for sure but it's but it didn't get it immediately approved yeah but just it just just the fact that these are like eight cents nine cents eight cents Ten cents, nine cents. I remember the days of putting Um, in a megawatt of solar, you know, the 250 kilowatt fits, and they were north of 20 just for solar, right? That was like five, six, seven years ago. And uh, even more, even more recently, some of these, uh, you know, different projects that are out there, much, much higher. These rates are awesome. These are these are they're great rates, but then more to the point is the storage. The, the, the storage factor is uh, like that four to one, which I really like to see. I, I, I think being able to store four full hours of sunshine for use when the sun goes down is is really just a smart policy. It should that should be the absolute bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Good. Um. So that moved yeah. pretty fast too. That just you know that was yeah. that was a fast process. The RFP to the awards to the actual getting it approved. All that moved pretty quickly. 
uh, for yeah, uh, utility scale solar timelines, you know? So let's see if this, how quickly those things get built now. Uh, and then of course, <laughs> and then of course, the Maui News article, this is uh, the conference that we were just at uh, last uh, yesterday and the day before. I think this is one of the best uh, Hawaii Energy Conference, well, the first Hawaii Energy Conference by moniker, the best Maui Energy Conference in the old name uh, that I've been to. Uh, uh, just an gr amazing group of people. I think 20, uh, uh, Doug, uh, had Doug McLeod, chair, uh, of the of the uh, conference uh, told me at the end of the conference that there was up about 25% in attendance. So uh, it's getting a lot of Even attention. Even without me. Even without Jay. And they all missed you, Jay. They brought that up on stage. <laughs> oh, you know, you know. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit salty about it. I, I really wanted to go. <laughs> it was a great conference. I miss you guys. It was a great conference. And uh, there was a kind of a landmark uh, MOU signed between the Public Utilities Commissions of Hawaii and California on stage, California. right? Yeah. yeah, that was pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, I actually missed that. I wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know if I was backstage or what, but um, that is a big deal. And, and basically, uh, just perusing through this article, it allows the the, the PUCs of these uh, of these two kind of you know leading states in renewable energies, both having early mandates for 100% renewable energy, um, getting more and more aggressive now to work collaboratively and to share and, and information and to be able to kind of I guess have everybody on speed dial. I don't know exactly what an MOU and cooperation means, but I, it feels like they're going to be working very closely together to support one another in their goals. That's a big deal. It's very cool that that happened here in Maui, our home state. We're going to talk more about some really cool things that are happening in Maui. Maui's kind of in the news quite a bit these days. Well, it's always we're, we're the petri dish, but we always get to play with the the cool stuff first. Anyway, uh, that is the end for news and events. We are going to be right back after our commercials with uh, Amp Air, the electrification of flight, and how this is going to affect us all. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. LG is a leader in the home electronics industry and manufactures some of the most popular PV panels as well as many other appliances we've come to know and appreciate over the years. The same LG brand offers the LG Chem Rezu battery line for your home energy storage needs. Here in Hawaii, their primary model is the LG 10H Rezu with 9.3 kilowatt hours of usable capacity. The LG 10H Rezu can be used both to maximize consumption of solar energy at home and also functions as a source of backup power in the event that the grid goes down. LG Chem has increased production of their battery line for Hawaii's renewable energy solar market. Contact your local solar provider to learn more about the LG Chem 10H Resu battery. Okay, those were our wonderful sponsors. Thank you to Sundrum Solar, to Pantech Design, to LG Chem, uh, these great companies that help keep the solar coaster on air. If you're looking for a, uh, two charming gentlemen to support that love doing a radio show, just give us a call at the solar coaster and we will be happy to take you on as a sponsor. Uh, we are here with a great group of folks. We have uh, Brice Zoku from Ampere. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm so excited to hear all about what you're doing with electrification of flight. There's a kind of a pilot vibe in the studio today. Jason's got a background in flight uh, we, uh, with helicopters. Jay, does that sum it up or do you want to give some more? Well, it's 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 more in the family, but yeah, I'm I'm familiar. <laughs> I, I I grew up around ultralights and and that whole kind of crazy group of guys that are in the ultralight world in New Jersey, and we have Dan Shadburn, and I have a cool uh, intro. I'm gonna I'm gonna read here for Dan Shadburn. Can I do it now? Sure, Is that cool? Sure. Dan Shadburn, good friend of mine. Uh, he has a BS in aeronautical engineering from San Jose State University. Been a licensed pilot for 51 years. This week. Uh, was an international airline pilot for 38 years with the Flying Tigers and 
FedEx and uh, FAA airframe and power plant mechanics license as well. Also certified as an FAA inspector, author, FAA authorized inspector for all airplanes. So he's uh, certified for multi and instrument flight instructor for single and multi engine airplanes. And he owns four personal airplanes. I suspect it's more since, uh, since you've written this. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Including a Cessna 337, the same model to be used in this Hawaii test flight that Ampere uh, is getting ready to do in our backyard right here in Maui from OGG to HANA. Uh, but it, yours has a special name. What is it? Yeah, it's uh, converted by Riley, and it, it's called the Super Skyrocket. Super Skyrocket. So I get to use that one. I make a, phone, you know, a call with the ATC. Super skyrocket ready for takeoff. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That? So we got a, gr a lot of a lot of great um, uh, minds in the in the studio today. We're going to get a chance to uh, talk about aviation, which is fun. We haven't spoken about aviation, to my knowledge, Jay, uh, at the solar Watch. coaster. I mean, we, we did we did report when they first announced that they were yeah. going to do this test. We did report a few months ago, but it was really just the. I mean, that was the press release that everybody else had that this they're, they're going forward on at some kind of test to electrify a Mokulele plane and then we'll see how that goes yes yes and what's <laughs> so interesting that's, so that's essentially all, all the information we ever <laughs> but where, where this fits into the solar coaster history and kind of where it's going is this notion of the electrification of transpo in general right so we've right, had right. of course boris von borman the former ceo of sonin and mercedes-benz energy america now he's at renew ventures uh, a venture capitalist fund working on elect electrification of transportation uh he has been on a contributor and we've talked a lot about all these great ideas about how le electric vehicles are moving uh, you know, and of course, in that space, you have EVs, you have buses, you have semis, you have, uh, you know, Ducatis and Zeros and all these great yeah, things. Ground-based ground wheel transportation yes. trains. And then, of course, <laughs> uh, lest I, I miss this, we have the EcoShip, uh, and they've been on the on our show a number of times. We did a show out in Anaheim. Also, the founder, Tatsuya, Toshi, uh, Tatsuya Yoshioka Tatsuya-san, came on board and talked all about uh, the EcoShip concept, which is about electrification, in some respects, of the seas and cutting down bunker spend and cutting down GHGs and all kinds of wonderful things there so we have all these kind of areas of transportation and now we have aviation thank you uh, oh, finally. yeah <laughs> yeah so let's dig I gotta, in I gotta, before before we start i gotta tell you at one time i was i was in san francisco international airport and they have the little, little monitors all over the things and, and one of those slides that comes up is how many trees they've planted over the years and how great it is for the environment and how green they are and i actually did the math while i was sitting there and for the, the number of the trees they claimed to have planted it was basically enough to offset the carbon from 747 going one way across the pacific one time throughout the entire year <laughs> there's <laughs> a challenge there not enough <laughs> so, so to give you so to get, that, that, that puts everything in perspective i mean you cannot plant enough trees to offset we really need to do something about the carbon emissions from the aircraft itself. And that, I think, is the conversation today, right? Yes, yes. And also at the Hawaii Energy Conference, there were there were two two uh, panels. Two of the sessions were dedicated to aviation, right? One was, and I, I, the, the name escapes me of the group that was talking about it, kind of like the aviation industry was there to discuss exactly what's going on and their perspective. And then you had you guys, uh, Ampere, and there was, you know, a little bit of different perspectives here, right? So Yeah, yeah. So uh, you had uh, Neste and United Neste. talking about their uh, sustainable fuel initiatives there. Right. Uh, and then for the panel that I was on, uh, we were talking about uh, investing in energy and, and investing in energy in Hawaii and, and why kind of Ampere has chosen Hawaii. And we actually were looking at Hawaii before we got in contact with Elemental Accelerator because really this is a, a great kind of uh, microcosm. Uh, for uh, a lot of why electric aviation is going to be the future. Awesome, yeah. Brees, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved with Ampere? How do you find yourself sitting in the studio with us here in Maui today? Sure, sure. So uh, uh, I, I went to school at uh, Caltech in Pasadena, and uh, the CEO and co-founder of, um, uh, of Ampere, Kevin Norker, uh, is a fellow alumni. So we got collected got or it. connected through the same alumni group. And uh, so I actually, I saw on LinkedIn, that uh, uh, Kevin and, and uh, other co-founders, Corey Combs, uh, CTO, had created Ampere, and I thought that was quite possibly the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So I uh, sent a LinkedIn <laughs> message you know, saying, hey, you know, want to uh, follow up with you on this, um, and actually wasn't a good fit. This was back in kind of the winter of 2016. Fast forward two, two years later, worked at another startup, worked at a, a, a large turbocharger manufacturing company. Uh, and then Kevin reached back out saying, hey, you know, we were looking for someone uh, with your skill set uh, and it was a good time to, to join. And uh, so very uh, happily, 
left corporate America to <laughs> uh, come have uh, a lot more fun uh, with aviation electrification. Oh, exciting story. I'm envious. That's really fun. So what, what area in the company are you working on? Sure. So uh, uh, my title is product manager. So I sit at the nexus of just about everything, actually. So I work with our co-founders on strategy. Uh, I, I manage the, the programs, this uh, Hawaii demonstration program in particular, and some of our uh, government efforts. Uh, also uh, work with the technical team uh, to make sure that what we're building and inventing um, at Hawthorne Airport in uh, the California area uh, is, you know, has a customer, that it's, uh, it's practical and compelling. I told you when I first met you, because I've been dreaming about this for a little while, I want an electrified a uh, Icon A5. You know, the, the sport light aircraft with the, that gorgeous little, you know, so is that possible? Uh, and can so I put solar I panels think, on the I wings? Think, I think no. Rolls, Rolls Royce, I think, is, <laughs> is doing a, 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 a kind of an ultralight uh, uh, air race, electric oh air race. Oh yeah, boy. so. So that made kind of a sport uh, flight category. So uh, we'll be seeing okay. that. So we'll keep an so. eye on this. So gentlemen, where, where, um, how do we kind of paint a picture forward of what Ampere is working towards, uh, what is possible within the aviation industry for uh, reducing GHGs, for creating a more sustainable um, uh, uh, you know, sector, and then, I mean, what's, what is the, what's the scope of all of this? I mean, Sure, so uh, I'll toss out some stats out yeah. re really quickly. First of all, 800 million tons of CO2, that's, that's kind of the number for aviation globally, and that's roughly around 2% mm -hmm. of all uh, global emissions, Roughly CO2. equivalent to maritime. Which is about three percent, right, Jay? Yep. 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 Yeah. So there's there's huge opportunity there, um, and just throw out another stat uh, that about fifty percent of all the flights in the U.S. Uh, are actually are five hundred miles or less. So now we have kind of this huge uh, market with uh, regional air travel, and that's the market that we're going after. Yeah, but you, <clears throat> there's five thousand airports. We're only using five hundred. Exactly. So you know, getting away from the hub and spoke and having smaller airplanes that are more efficient in between these points, that's the future. Yeah, that, that's the future and that's what we hope to enable. Uh, and so uh, for, for us, uh, we're looking to kind of create a step change in kind of the economics of operating an airline. Well, I applaud you in using the 337. <laughs> I, I say that, uh, you know, for uh, a twin engine airplane, it's probably the safest airplane in the world. And, you know, to apply it especially in this application on the short coast with a very rough road, it's perfect, absolutely perfect. Yeah, and so, so we, we chose the 337 for, for a couple of different reasons. Um, one of them is kind of the, the redundancy. So for us, what we're doing is we are retrofitting existing turboprop aircraft, small turboprop aircraft, up to 19 passengers with uh, an electric motor powered by batteries. Uh, and our focus isn't a series hybrid, but a parallel hybrid system that is the electric system and the fuel system for the hybrid configuration uh, are independent. So there's no energy uh, conversion loss. There's it's really efficient flight. Uh, so what we're doing uh, and why we chose the 337 was because of the unique inline uh, motors, right? So it's a twin engine plane, but it has a motor in the front and motor in the back. Well, yeah, the, I think you, you're going to push the evolution of the twin uh, inline uh, aircraft. You know, I mean, the Germans had a 400 knot fighter that was in line turboprop mm -hmm. you know and the 337 was very successful in vietnam originally yeah, and yeah. very very sturdy so i see the evolution going that way plus your your tailwind being in line not not asymmetrical you know that's that's where you have to go for for drag problems yeah so uh the, the tailwinds are future uh, design concept uh, air aircraft and uh so right now at ampere we're really focused on bringing our retrofit product to market you know, the whole engineering team is uh, kind of working on how do we certify quickly, how we, of course, safety is at the core of everything we're doing. But we also do have kind of this parallel path of what does a new plane need to look like? You know, what components do we need to optimize? What new technologies can we pull in on that kind of parallel pathway? And that admittedly will take longer to come to market. Um, and certification challenges, FAA has been a little bit unclear on what new build uh, aircraft with electric propulsion systems are, are uh, that certification Well, they process. take their time. But, and, and rightly so, rightly so. 
Uh, but for uh, at least for our kind of uh, uh, aircraft and retrofit product, there's a, a relatively clear path for certification. So, so we're excited about that. So for the 337, what does the FAA say? Uh, for the 337, um, right now uh, we're doing their experimental uh, certification. Category? Yeah, okay. experimental category. Um, and uh, there, there is a pathway. Uh, we're working with a lot of um, um, kind of DERs and, and people who are, have been validating our design and our concepts. Uh, so we're confident that if we were to go in the direction of a 337 as our first STC, that supplemental type certificate, um, fully certified, can fly for revenue flights and be incorporated into uh, kind of airline operations. Uh, if we chose that route, then you know we're, we're comfortable yeah. that the FAA would be You know, right and they, they, they have stretched that airplane too. So that's another way to look at it. So, you know, there's other things you can do with that airplane. Stretch the 337. Yeah, for, you know, two to four more passengers. Yeah, right now the aircraft's a six-passenger, six including the crew, uh, so six-passenger total uh, aircraft. So, um, yeah, and the operating economics, obviously, for an airline, you want, you know, to fly as many passengers as you can uh, at the lowest cost point that you can, and that's really where we come in. And we're anticipating for a hybrid electric configuration, reducing the overall kind of fuel, I guess you can call it energy cost. So for the electric motor, where, where, are you, where are you doing this technology? Where is that coming from? So the electric motor, we're kind of doing all of our R&D uh, at our Hawthorne um, uh, location. That's our where we just relocated. So it's relocated. your engine? Uh, we we're actually, we're, we're getting a, a motor. I don't know that I want to kind of uh, tell everybody yeah, <laughs> okay. where our components are coming from. But yeah, so it's, a, it's an electric motor. Um, uh, and it's all essentially all cost components. That where we're are the batteries together. going in the 337? Uh, the batteries in the production configuration, we're planning to have it in the cargo pod underneath, uh, which is, I guess, an, kind of an optional thing. Most 337s don't have a cargo pod. Right, but it's very utilitarian. Yeah, so it's going to essentially go underneath the aircraft, uh, be bolted to the aircraft. Like a Tesla, in a sense. It, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> uh, right. what, and honestly, we really wanted to copy the model. The model of the electric vehicle has been very successful. Um, so that's that's kind of uh, the the speed that it's come to market, the the adoption rates, um, and for us, one of the the kind of key business points and, and why electric aviation is really viable is that and the cost of an electric vehicle versus the cost of kind of the traditional combustion engine car, uh, you know, electric vehicles higher at this point, but for um, uh, for <laughs> a kind of a retrofitted aircraft, uh, you know, they have to do major overhauls every you know. 5,000 or 6,000 hours well, as for Mokulele Airlines. It, well, that's turbines, but, uh, you know, Recep's do it less than 2,000. Exactly. And the cost for kind of the motors uh, that uh, uh, Mokulele runs, um, Rob McKinney, the president of Mokulele Airlines, was telling me that's around three hundred dollars to $400,000. And, so and so that's hanging fruit in yeah. That so there's low hanging fruit, yeah. Time. And electric motors and, and batteries, you know, those costs have been coming down. So they, so they are you going to produce uh, in the standard category about or the for the same engine that is in the front about 210 horsepower? Yeah, that, that's our that's our target. Um, and uh, right now we're testing um, kind of on our California our first prototype uh, product uh, or first prototype aircraft uh, I should say is we're actually testing almost like twice the size of uh, of what we'll use for um, kind of the uh, Hawaii version. 400. Um, that one, well, uh, don't know, uh, so in terms of kilowatt hours, I think uh, uh, we're testing uh, around 150 kilowatt hours per motor. So, or, or maybe that, that's, that's combined. I'll have to go back in the numbers for you, but. But the numbers check out for putting this motor on the 337, adding the weight of the batteries, oh, yeah. adding everything up. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so, so your payload capacity may, may be de decreased a little bit. But or your range, obviously. Yeah, and your range, uh, too. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to take off and land. So let's talk a little bit. So, okay, there's a lot going on here, right? This is very, yeah. very cool stuff. <laughs> We've got some really knowledgeable people in the studio. And um, so what I heard here is that you've got a, a, a test plane. And for the sake of our listeners, you've got two props, two engines, right, front and back. And it is, they're in line, right? And interestingly enough, Dan and I were sitting down having a, maybe a scotch a while back talking about the benefits, lauding the benefits of the Super Skyrocket because of just this as, and it, because it would be great for uh, the island environment, right? So Well, that's why I picked it. Right, exactly. So I could go to any airfield in Hawaii and I have the safety of, you know, an engine quits, I just fly home. And then because it quits in line, you're, you don't have any problems with uh, yaw and pitch and, and drag. The drag right. and asymmetrical is the problem. That's why your single engine 
service ceilings are so low with asymmetricals because they're in an angle creating so much more drag where the inline just is, is beautiful. You're not adding any more as long as you feather the prop. There you go. So so we're sitting here having this conversation and then we start seeing articles pop up about Ampere that obviously selected the same plane for those benefits. And also because of that unique configuration will be able to swap one engine with the electric uh, motor, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> and now you've chosen Maui, which is even better. And now we're talking about this full scope of uh, the industry, and as I understood it, these uh, short hop flights or shorter hop flights, the regional airports with less than 500 mile range, is that what I heard? Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a little, mm -hmm. just kind of shoot forward kind of question, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say that this just takes off just like EVs and you have your uh -huh. master plan. Oh, we, we're, we're hoping off, that it will. Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have your own master plan, you and Kevin and, and the rest of the, or the organization. Uh, and that regional, your, your product is successful for all the reasons you said when you talk about being able to eliminate really expensive upgrade costs or or, or you know um, uh, those costs that you described in the, in the avi aviation industry, then I can see that there's real opportunity there. So let's say this works and you have it uh, and you your people are buying your aircraft and big hub big uh, airlines are saying, yep, we're using this aircraft. Now how much how many GHGs and how much uh, impact can you make on that overall picture of aviation's contribution to the to climate change? I mean, what kind of a delta can we see over what time frame? I know that's a big question. Yeah, th that is a big question. And um, what I will say is that we haven't we haven't really defined what that impact is going to be yet. Um, and that's actually what we're hoping to find here in, in, in Maui with our test flights right. is is look at the kind of the operations, pull the data after uh, you know each flight, analyze it, uh, and then build so a report gonna... and really kind of use Hawaii as the, or Maui, that, that route as kind of uh, validation. And that, that's going uh, back to reductions. utilizing the 5,000 airports we have, not yeah. just the 500 we're all flying to right. with airlines. Right. So right. now you come up with, uh, you know, all the points to connect, all the dots to connect that aren't connected and aren't even being used. So you're, you're saving. And you know okay. what, I, I, so uh, my family's from Tucson, Arizona, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I live in uh, Orange County area. And there's only one flight from uh, LAX to Tucson, Arizona. So I have to drive all the way to LAX and deal with LAX and people who fly in and out of LAX all the time know what kind of a pain that is. I would love to fly out of John Wayne Airport, but No, again, go out no of Santa room. Monica. Exactly, you could go out of, uh, or even or even uh, Fullerton has a yes. small municipal airport there. I'd love to fly out of Fullerton or even Ontario or other airports. That gives you this option with this airplane. Exactly, exactly. It gives us this option with this uh, uh, these kind of uh, aircraft and uh, kind of distributed flights. So now you can go point to point small community to small community and really at the core of what Amper wants to do is we want to uh, enable communities um, to be more connected uh, do that by providing you know aircraft that are cleaner quieter uh, they pollute less okay. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you know safe Right now, in my mind, I'm seeing this yeah. kind of like buzzing, super skyrocket, electrified super skyrockets <laughs> all around the country. So here's a question for you. How no, does it, oh, okay. sorry, Jay, you want to answer the question, Jay? Go ahead, no, no, go ahead. So, Brees uh, uh, and I were talking earlier a little bit about this, the test and what your game plan is. And so that kind of starts to spell out what types of uh, uh, opportunities there are for reducing uh, uh, fuel spend and uh, creating some efficiency. So you had mentioned that the sizing of engines, you had mentioned this route here and how you're going to use the electric engine in relationship to the ice, en uh, the ice ice engine, whatever that yeah, is. Internal right? combustion engine, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, a, a traditional flight profile or, or for using a hybrid electric uh, uh, configuration I might go like this. So you'll, you'll use both engines to take off. Uh, and then what you'll actually do is you'll turn down the electric engine. And that allows you to do a couple things. Um, one is you don't need as much power. You don't need both engines to sustain powered flight in cruise. Um, and also it allows you to reserve your batteries and also probably even downsize the amount of batteries that you need, reducing the weight and just making things, uh, the flight more efficient. Um, and there, uh, in descent, um, kind of there are a couple interesting things uh, you can do. One of the things that we've talked about is, you know, in trying to slow down the airplane, can you actually regenerate, almost like regenerative braking from the airstream? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's that's one thing that uh, we've kind of discussed. Uh, I think in initial estimates, it might be maybe like 1% back for your battery. But hey, you know, that's almost free energy we'll take uh, it. out there. We'll take it. Well, a, a traditional descent maybe not as short haul as, as OGG mm -hmm. to, to HANA, is 30 minutes. 
And, you know, I can see where you're going to do a lot more than 1% sure. if you have traditional 30 minutes of coming down. Because the whole idea is to stay up high for efficiency, mm-hmm. right, for cruise. And then we come down and we leave the engines back. Mm-hmm. But in this case, just like the Tesla taking it when it's slowing down, you know, the energy. It's like regenerative braking, you know, yeah, down, no, you're, down a you're, hill. You're going to gain a lot in a traditional descent. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's kind of um, also what we want to do in partnership with Mokulele Airlines is understand from their pilots and get their feedback on how we can further optimize the flights, uh, optimize the flight profile, um, and and kind of help them help us understand uh, even more about how to incorporate these kinds of aircraft into uh, a fleet. You're anticipating uh, recharging the batteries too at the same time, right? Yeah, so uh, kind of one of the unique things that, that we're, we're looking to do, and obviously um, airlines have uh, you know their own requirements for turnaround time, is we want to actually swap out the batteries. There we go. Uh, so we don't want to okay. have, yep. Uh, yep. you know, and, and that allows you to do uh, a lot of different things. One is uh, optimize the time when you charge the batteries. You don't want the demand charge and, you know, pulling, uh, you know, electricity from the grid at the wrong time. Uh, so you can charge overnight or whenever uh, it makes most sense for you. Um, but you also have or to on have... The sun. Uh, yeah, or on the sun. And that's kind of where uh, uh, we want to um, kind of uh, try and influence and, and lobby for some of the, the state, local, and, and kind of national... Uh, communities uh, to really look at at solar and kind of the one piece we haven't talked about is well do you guys have the amount of power that you need at the airports uh, well I definitely made sure that I needed <laughs> we have the power at Kahului and Hana worked with Miko on that um, uh, getting great support from them um, but uh, also the whole airport infrastructure piece that's that's a, a really big conversation that's going on globally right now so mm-hmm. there's the possibility here that airports are because p- airports are putting in solar for their own yeah. energy needs, but also potentially replacing some of the fuel spend with larger solar fields. Right? Yeah, that's what's yeah, and there's a, there's a big trend for airports too for uh, kind of uh, shifting their ancillary services, you know, terminal shuttles and wheel tugs and those going electric. Um, Chattanooga Airport just had a full solar installation put in with energy storage, and I think they're planning to go 100% green. Uh, SeaTac Airport, I think, is uh, trying to go 100% all their services uh, uh, electric as well. I'm going to keep this real fast because we're running out of time here, but we've got about what, how many years until climate change uh, gives us a uh, gives us the old boot, Jay? How much time do we have left? Is it 12 years? Yeah, about that. Right. What can we do? Uh, is this going to be a major component of combating climate change? Is- yeah, yeah, it will. It will, and uh, 12 years, that's one design cycle uh, in airspace time, and uh, we're really pushing uh, the envelope there. We can actually do what AOC says then. Oh, boy. I will say that aviation was left out of the Green New Deal, but we're hoping to change that. we got to give her a call. They were going to get rid of the airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) This is an excellent uh, show here, gentlemen. Uh, So this has been Brees Zoku from Ampere. A really a wonderful company uh, that's going to be here in Maui doing testing on the hybrid electric 337 that can be modified to a super skyrocket like Dan owns. And uh, hopefully maybe we can get alongside, get Dan to kind of fly alongside of that and get some good photo ops, get uh, Jay's brother up there taking some pictures maybe. <laughs> what do you think, Jay? I don't know if he wants to fly around the, uh, the airport flight path, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, hey, uh, would, there it is. There's our there's our, yep. our sound, um, Jay. What do you think? You want to wrap the show? Or you want me to do it? <laughs> no, you got you you got it. I wanted to talk about the proton pack, but it's okay. proton pack. <laughs> proton packs are going to be for next week. Okay, folks. This is the okay. 99th episode of the Solar Coaster. Next episode is our triple digit uh, introduction show. Uh, we won't be able to hit that milestone for another uh, 900 shows. So tune in. Don't miss out on that one. Some rumors were uh, some famous guy out of California might come, or at least it's on my spreadsheet. That's our wish list. Uh, but we'll see what happens for 100. Uh, hey, our uh, show here is focus- is sponsored by uh, Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, LG Chem. Thank you so much for a great show, gentlemen. Really appreciate your time today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. All right. Aloha Friday, Have folks. Have a great weekend. Take care now. <laughs>